the first thing is obviously I'm looking at my base recurring expenses, right? Like what are those, like what are the things that I already have to, I call them 30 day money, right? Like I've already pre-committed my payroll. I've already pre-committed the software, the systems, whatever, right? So I got to make sure that my operating reserves is, is good in good standing. So let's say about 30% of my money always is going to get allocated towards operating reserves. Okay. 10% of my money is going to get allocated towards profit, right? Because basically what happens with most entrepreneurs is they make up all this money. Mm-hmm. They swipe the card because they tell somebody, tells them, shout out to Carter. <laughs> nah, but they tell them to write everything out, but he does it the right way. I'm not, no shade, that's my business partner. Yo, Carter be having me on Instagram <laughs> like, wait, that's a line yeah. item. Underline that. We're writing that off. Big, big facts. <laughs> and so they think they, they want to write everything off. And, and so they're just now justifying stuff that probably shouldn't even be justified. And so they look at the end of the year and it's like, wait, not only do I not really have a profit, I don't have, I'm, I'm at a loss, right? So when you, plan for profit on the front end, you're basically at least guaranteeing that your business is profitable, right? You're setting that that money aside. It's similar to the pay yourself method on personal finance, right? Mm-hmm. So 10% there. Now I don't do the owner's pay thing that is taught in the profit first because my income is stabilized. If I did the owner's pay thing, then I would be paying myself way too much. I had, I'd have to keep adjusting the percentage, right? Based upon the money that's flowing into the business. Okay, well, wait, hold on. You don't do... So for those who are not familiar, the profit first model, Mm -hmm. right? You have the different buckets, right? And one of those buckets is owner's pay. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I don't do do it on a percentage basis, I pay myself as an employee of the company, right? So I don't allocate 30% or 20% to myself, right? That just goes into operating reserves. And at the end of the year, I can take out a distribution um, if I want to, right? Because I just stay, I pay myself, you know, a regular salary, that just comes out of my operating account. So I'm looking, um, because I can never remember these numbers. I follow profit first. Yeah. And then I pay myself 15% of revenue. Mm-hmm. But you're suggesting, so you said that your income is stabilized. Yep. I thought my income was stabilized by paying myself 15% of revenue. And, and it has, it obviously is a different number. Right, right, right. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's tomato, tomato. Okay. But I'm, I guess what I'm saying, so if you have, let's say if you, you start out, you're making $50,000 a month, you're paying yourself 15%. You start out, you, then you make $100,000 a month, you're paying mm-hmm. yourself 15%. Then you make a million dollars a month. Like, you see, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, so to your I point. Still want my 15%. 215%. On top, baby. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I don't think that's wrong. I think that I, with the way I look at it is, I'll just look at it at the end of the year. Okay, well, now with this extra pot of money besides my owner's pay from a salary standpoint, what do I want to do with it versus gotcha. incrementally getting it? Because for me, it just it just helps me out. It helps me now anchor my lifestyle off a single number versus being like, oh, this month, we going crazy. We going, we going crazy this month. Penthouse. You know what I'm saying? Vibes. Sky. Vibes. High ride. You know what I'm saying? PJ. PJ. All of that. Today. Right now. Up the street. Yesterday. No reason. You already know. Pictures and content. Rolly. Let's get it. Let's get it. Mm. So- <laughs> we could have did that for another 10 minutes. We could have did. We could have kept going. So basically you're saying in layman's terms, you follow the profit first model for anybody who is unfamiliar with mm-hmm. that by the book profit first. What's yeah. the guy's name? Do you remember? What's his name? Not, not top of my head. Okay. Yeah. It's called profit first. Yeah. I think there's only one. There's only one. There's only one. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to payroll allocation, basically mm-hmm. you have just said, I will pay myself, let's just say $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And you're paying yourself that regardless of revenue yep. that comes. And, and there's also a tax advantage to doing that too. Right. So I mean, we hear a lot of people about the strategies and the S corps and all that. But once you start making a certain money, like you still have to pay yourself a fair and reasonable wage, right? Like on salary. Mm-hmm. And so the maximum salary, I mean, the maximum, the benefit maxes out like 150,000. Right. So it's like, okay, well, if you're not making as much money, then you can pay yourself a lower salary and then take dividends or distributions from the company, which will be taxed less 
than ordinary income. So there's also an advantage there. It's like, okay, well, if I only need to pay myself 50, why would I put all of this through payroll when I can, you know, take some of it through like a dividend, right? Which is going to be taxed less. When did you stop commingling your personal money and your business money? So this is 2023, like fully honest, fully transparent, probably 2016. 2016. Yeah. It was the hardest thing. Yeah. So when I was, and I know a lot of people are dealing with this, so I feel like it's important to talk about because my mindset was, that's what I pay a bookkeeper for. Right. That's what I pay, you know, a CPA for or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just swipe this card left and right and you go and figure it out. Right. And that worked for me mm-hmm. at like a hundred thousand. Right. It worked for me, honestly, up until about five hundred ish thousand dollars in revenue. Yeah. And then it becomes so overwhelming. Nightmare. To properly recategorize mm-hmm. these expenses, these debits, these credits. It yep. becomes a nightmare. Yeah. And I have been like <laughs> Mm, shout out to Anna. <laughs> yeah, are you work with Anna? Uh, yes. Oh, no. Yo, no. Anna, Anna probably don't want to work with me ever again. That's funny. Yeah. Um, when she had to do my 2020 books. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's stuff everywhere because, yeah. you know, we got, we got COVID. We got this. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. And yeah. you're not thinking straight. And it's just money. And it, it took me six months. To reconcile all that. To reconcile all those yeah. Swipes yeah. to reconcile every like, what's this wire transfer for? Mm-hmm. What's this Zell for? Mm-hmm. And do yourself a favor, even if your business is only generating like fifty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. or less. If your business is generating money, separate your business expenses Please. from your personal expenses immediately. That's the best way to provide the most accurate mm-hmm. uh, income statements to the IRS. The best way to provide the most accurate income statements is to do it right the first time. Yes, 100%. And also try to minimize the ways in which you collect money. Mm. Right? Like, I, I know some people will tell you, do it all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hustle. Get get the cash. Get it from Cash App. Get it from PayPal. But all of that makes it a nightmare to yeah. reconcile. Like, oh, I got this over here. I got this over here. Like, try your best to simplify how you collect money. Because one of the biggest things to scale in business is like, it has to be streamlined. Like you can't, I can't go and walk in Chick-fil-A and ask for a burger, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can't scale if y'all have all these one-off scenarios, right? In order to scale, it has to be simple and it has, well, it doesn't have to be simple, but it has to be streamlined, Yeah. right? Because I know I'm thinking about some of our, our Zapier connection. I'm like, there ain't nothing simple about that. But it has to be streamlined, yeah. right? And so when you have all these different ways that you're collecting money and all these different one-off products and services, well, this person will let pay me a little bit more, so I'm going to do this for them. Like, it's impossible to scale. Mm-hmm. You have to put the right systems and processes in place that anybody can step in mm-hmm. and be able to do your job. Because yeah. if not, right, like, you'll never be able to build a business that you own. You'll always have to be in the weeds of it. No one else can step in. Nobody else can step in. Mm. You know what I love so much? I love how our conversation has evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we're a part of the same, like, high school class. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I remember, you know, um, being back. Like, I just thought you were a really cool guy yeah. who knew stuff about yeah. money. And mm-hmm. I was interested in that conversation. Yeah. And we ran in some of the same circles, but mm-hmm. we didn't meet, you know, originally. Right. right. And I feel like I have literally watched your come up. As you probably. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so when I first, when you first came across my timeline, yeah. um, you were already doing your thing. Mm-hmm. You were already successful in your own right, mm-hmm. but you weren't this successful, Correct. right? Yeah. I have literally seen your come up over the last <laughs> five, six years, yeah. and it has been nothing short of amazing. Thank you. 
But what was the thing? What was the switch? What what took George from six figure earner yeah. who every single day you're waking up and eating what you kill? Because there was a yeah. moment where yeah. every single day it's like hundred percent. Hey, look, we gotta get it. Feed. We gotta get it. We gotta get it. Yeah, hundred there, percent. There's that moment yeah. where, and that's where I intercepted you. Mm-hmm. Like this guy knows his stuff, but clearly he's building his business. Right. And now it's like seven figure George, mm-hmm. multiple seven figure George, mm-hmm. where. You're dressing a little differently. <laughs> Your temperament is a little different yeah. because you were. Yeah. Got to get it. Got to get, get it. Got to yeah. get it. And What's now it's facts? like, relax, everybody. Relax. Yeah. We'll get it. From a high level perspective. Inside joke. From a high level. <laughs> listen, everything with you is. Listen, guys, from a high level perspective, I hated being in leadership. Me- oh, I, hate, I love being in leadership meetings with you. But when it came to George having to explain anything, because my mind is so detailed, (laughs) my mind is like so detailed, George would say something and I'd be like, well, George, break that down. Well, from a high level perspective, (laughs) and he'd go into all of this insider language, right? And George, when he's out of a conversation, he's going to bullshit you. He's going to <laughs> he's going to talk and talk because he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Like right. Donnie, nobody has time for your details, right? I remember being in the airport on the way to Chicago, talking to y'all asses <laughs> for two hours. I was with Britain. He was like, "Yo, bro, we about to board a flight." I was like, "You who you telling? Why are we on this? Why are we in this damn meeting on a Friday afternoon?" <laughs> because I because my KPIs and my analytics have to match, right? And so George is completely out of this conversation, and he's giving these. Very, very high level yet surface conversation. And I remember one time I said, George, well, can you give it to me on a low level? <laughs> and it's I just, that. it's yeah. been our inside joke. Um, and I catch myself. I always think of you when I tell people yeah. like, well, on a high level, mm-mm, Donnie, don't highlight, don't high level these people. Do That's not high funny. level these people. But That's funny. Well, what the switch. Th- when was the switch? Yes. What was the switch? Ah, man, now you're taking me back. All right, cool. Let me think about it. Um, I think it was because we met in what, 2019? We met. Formally in 2018. Formally, formally 2018. Mm-hmm. I want to say it started in 2017. It started. It, it wasn't It wasn't the moment, but I'm getting somewhere. So in 2017, I was feeling good. I got my new little office at WeWork. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know I was, when you get that office you, you, at WeWork. You legit. You official. You legit. You official. You got an address. Co- corner office. You know what I'm saying? Space, corner square. Little window. You know what I'm saying? And they know and, um, your name when you walk in. And they in. know your name. Yes. And so I got that, and I was I was getting new clients. And everything was going well. And I was like, I'm going to be the, the Netflix of financial services. You know what I'm saying? Be the Netflix of financial services, and because um, I was gonna have an affordable, low ticket model, right? <laughs> Service though, not 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 access to education information like we know now, yes. sir. I was gonna be somebody's advisor for 150 dollars a month, and that was the big that was the big dog fee. Not 150. 150. That was a, a month. That was yes. the big dog fee. The entry level was like 49, mm-hmm. and so I think I got up to like which is a good fee, like 60 ish. I started doing the math. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How many of these people am I going to have to help at this level to build it? Because mind you, I got to have a team. I got to have somebody that helps, that's helping me out. And it started to click for me like this, this ain't it. This is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so then I started to like, started to zoom out and started to realize like, okay, I needed, I want, I want to still have impact this scale. Because the only reason why I was charging that much, well, one, because I was still had involved as an entrepreneur, okay. but also I wanted to help as many people as possible. Right. So I, and I thought that was the medium, but I'll say fast forward to about 2020 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not absolved from, from what's happening. No one knows how their business is going to go. And I was like, I need to really build this thing out in a way that's super sustainable. And I realized who my ideal client was. And I realized that I needed to focus on 
charging based upon where they were in business and not necessarily how much assets they had. Because in our industry, typically it's like you go and find somebody who has a quarter million or a million dollars in assets and that's how you determine their, their client. But a lot of us are were becoming successful as entrepreneurs and making more money, but they didn't necessarily have the assets. So I could justify my fee based upon the value that I provided to them from a financial planning perspective, but I knew they didn't have the assets. So when I made that switch and had this value-based pricing model, everything changed. Um, and I was able to charge my worth, if you will, and really build out a business that could actually make sense and be more sustainable. And then on the backside of that, here's a tip. When you have a low audience or when I say low audience, I mean not a lot of people following you or you're not who you, who you are yet, don't do low ticket. Do low ticket when you have people, when you have droves of people to serve. You have the 50,000 email list. You have 70,000 followers on Instagram. Like you have a huge YouTube following. That's when you do low ticket. If you try to do low ticket as you're starting out, it's going to be a very hard hill to climb. Yeah. So now on the back end, after having this very high valued uh, service model, I could then have a low ticket subscription membership that's now infinitely scalable in addition to my firm. And so I was able to just kind of understand how business worked, have much higher profit margins, be able to take that money to reinvest to build a business that scales. Because first it's, you got to make you money, right? You got to become a person of value. Then you got to build a scalable, scalable business where people or systems make you money. And then last but not least, what everybody comes to me for, then you want your money to make you money. Yeah. So that was a moment for me. I was just like, yeah, this is, this is not sustainable. I have to identify how to position position my services in a way where it will attract the Donnie Wiggins of the world or the people entrepreneurs who are successful and want to delegate or at least collaborate on building wealth outside of their business. Cause they were already making money, multiple six figures, seven figures, but it was just like, I want to turn business profits into wealth.